Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Naples Magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Also brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman. He's the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called historycentral.com. We'll be talking about current world events. We'll also visit with Larry Reed. <clears throat> Larry is the president emeritus on the Foundation for Economic Education. We'll have continue our discussions about monetary history. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and now uh, murder mystery author. His latest book is No Problem. It is August the 28th, and on this day in 1963, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., the African-American Civil Rights Movement reached its high watermark when Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech in which about 250,000 people attended the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. The demonstrators, black, white, poor, rich, came together in the nation's capital to demand voting rights and equal opportunity for African Americans and to appeal for an end to the racial segregation and discrimination. The peaceful rally was the largest assembly for a redress of grievances that the Capitol has ever seen, and King was the last speaker. With the statue of Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator, towering behind him, King used his rhetorical talents he developed as a Baptist minister to show how, as he put it, the Negro is still not free. He told of the struggle ahead, stressing the importance of continued action and nonviolent protest. Coming to an end of his prepared text, which other speakers that day were limited to seven minutes, he was overwhelmed by the moment and also encouraged by a friend and launched into his improvised sermon. He told the hush crowd, go back to Mississippi, go back to Alabama, go back to South Carolina, go back to Georgia, go back to Louisiana, go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let's not wallow in the despair, valley of despair. Continuing, he began the refrain that made the speech one of the best known in U.S. history, second only to Lincoln's 19, or 1863 Gettysburg Address. He said, I have a dream. He boomed over the crowd stretching from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Monument that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. <clears throat> I have a dream that one day our Red Hills of Georgia and the sons of foreign slaves and sons of slave owners will be able to sit down together at a table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, <clears throat> but by the content of their character. I have a dream today, said Martin Luther King Jr., he ended his 16-minute stirring speech with his vision of the fruit of racial harmony. He said, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed back uh, that day when all of God's children, black, white men, uh, white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, 
who were able to hold hands and sing the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. In the year after the March on Washington, the Civil Rights Movement achieved two of its greatest successes, the ratification of the 24th Amendment to the Constitution, which abolished the poll tax and thus a barrier to poor African-American voters in the South, and the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibited racial discrimination in employment and education and outlawed racial segregation in public facilities. <clears throat> in October 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and on April the 4th, 1968, he was shot to death with a standing on a motel in Memphis, uh, balcony in Memphis, Tennessee. He was 39 years of age, and the gunman was is, was escaped convict James Earl Ray. <clears throat> the great contribution of the Martin Luther King Jr. speech. And by the way, he had a dream that... Uh, the uh, his children would be measured by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. We've gone full circle, haven't we? It's just so tragic to see uh, what the Democrat Party, what's going on right now with regard to identity uh, politics. But nevertheless, this stands out as a great moment in American history. Well, Tropical Storm Idalia, or Idalia formed yesterday morning, and it's forecast to bring a range of hazards to Florida Gulf Coast on Tuesday and Wednesday, the storm is forecast to intensify potentially rapidly over record warm ocean waters for the same for this time of year. Hurricane and storm surge surges have been issued for parts of the Florida coast. I heard one, at one time up to two to four feet of storm surge. Well, you know we pay attention to that here on the Paradise Coast because of what happened with Ian uh, last year. It's expected to make landfall somewhere between Tampa and Tallahassee on Wednesday morning, but high winds and storm surge flooding could arrive Tuesday. And by the way, we've also seen how Ian was expected to go up to Sarasota. Well, it came right here to the Paradise Coast, so we can't be sure uh, what's going to happen. Computer models are showing the potential for a storm to reach Category 3 or 4 intensity before making landfall. Also, one saw one report that the wind shear <clears throat> may actually reduce the winds substantially so we don't know what's coming but we should all be ready the official forecast calls for a category two storm uh, with 100 mile per hour sustained winds at landfall on wednesday a storm surge watch was issued for the gulf coast of florida from uh chocolate uh, uh from the uh, uh i'm going to say this correctly <laughs> chocolate from chocolate to indian pass including tampa bay well, according to a news report, new COVID-19 variants are on the rise and being closely monitored for pandemic spread. Media headlines clearly show that we're again facing a coordinated fear campaign to drive people into vaccination clinics. In the U.S., EG5, nicknamed Iris, has been declared a variant of interest, which means it's being monitored for mutations that might make it more hazardous. Australian news is highlighting another variant nicknamed Perola. Uh, well, Irish news is warning about Omicron offshoot dubbed the real deal by World Health Organization officials. However, none of these variants are showing signs of being more hazardous than previous Omicron strains. Despite proof that masking is useless and lockdowns were a devastating mistake uh, that should never be repeated, federal whistleblowers warn that these failed strategies may be re uh, re-implemented sometime between September and December. <clears throat> so 
uh, watch out for uh, Omicron, watch out for the virus, but also watch out for government officials trying to uh, sell more fear porn about uh, the virus. President Biden plans to ask Congress again for more funds to develop of a new coronavirus uh, vaccine. I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary that works, Biden said Friday. It will likely be recommended that everybody get uh, the vaccine, no matter whether they've been gotten it before or not. The announcement comes amid a recent increase in COVID-19 cases in some parts of the country. The Biden administration's uh, supplemental funding request to Congress for the start of the new fiscal year, which is October, did not include money for COVID-19 vaccinations. <clears throat> so, again, uh, word of the warning, a word of, uh, to the wise is sufficient. Just be aware that uh, right now they're starting to promote this uh, masking and uh, vaccinations and mask and uh, lockdowns. It's all coming our way. But by the way, uh, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo went on the Charlie Kirk show to give his thoughts on claims about the children should get the COVID-19 booster shot on Thursday. CBS medical contributor Dr. Celine Gouder uh, said kids and infants really need to get the first round of the COVID-19 vaccine. Media outlets have been reporting a rise in hospitalizations and cases of COVID-19. Some businesses and schools across the U.S. have opted for a, maxi, for a mask mandate. Kids and infants, doctors, your response, Kirk asked Ladapo. Ladapo said it's completely, completely crazy to be recommending these vaccines to low-risk people. That's totally insane, said uh, Ladapo, not wavering one bit about this. You know, and frankly, I believe Ladapo, first and foremost among all, all other public health officials, he's our, by the way, Surgeon General here in the state of Florida. He's been a fierce critic of the vaccine, the FDA and the CDC, in October 22, uh, Ladapo announced his mRNA COVID-19 vaccine guides advising against males age 18 to 39 from taking these vaccines due to the reported 84% increase in the relative incidence of heart-related deaths. In November 2022, Ladapo told uh, social media to warn parents to keep COVID-19 vaccines away from their children following a report from the New England uh, Journal of Medicine. Early in the pandemic, we were uh, were they effective at reducing severe illness from COVID? They were for a short period of time. Then the uh, efficacy waned over time. <clears throat> he said the point is since the pandemic began, it's ludicrous to be pushing these vaccines. Probably, probably for anyone, Ladapo said. The reason is there's no good quality evidence that shows there's benefiting anyone at this point, and the safety risk just keeps getting worse and worse, he said. Ladapo said there are multiple studies that show the boosters are associated with increased risk of infection over time. So just to be clear, I'm saying that these boosters will increase your risk of contracting COVID over a period of time, according to multiple studies. So... You know, why put yourself in harm's way? I'm no doctor. He is, by the way. He was an uh, endowed professor at uh, UCLA, and he came to the state of Florida here to be our Surgeon General. So I, I trust his judgment, and I trust what he has to say. I certainly have real questions about what's said from the CDC, the FDA, and other uh, government agencies. 
Uh, Lapel said a, a recent study was published from Switzerland that found that at least 2 to 3% of people have evidence of cardiac injury. That's not normal, and you shouldn't let anyone convince you that that's okay. That's completely abnormal, Ladapo said. In regards to, uh, <clears throat> to reports of schools and businesses opting to enforce mask mandates, Ladapo said it looks at, he looked at examples of people who have really stood their ground and said they are not going to budge. He says, I'm not covering, uh, a lot of said, it's not covering yourself or making up other people cover themselves up, especially considering that there's no good clinical benefit from doing it. So basically what he's saying is resist. Resist the pressure to uh, use masks. Resist the pressure to get vaccinated. Resist the pressure for lockdowns. Just really appreciate his guidance and leadership in this regard. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit uh, uh, with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. That and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, going to visit with Larry Reed. He's the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. I hope you check it out. It's great for kids of all ages, including you and I. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. So uh, let's start off. We'll talk about current global events, and we always do on Monday morning, and uh, some activity in Russia. Maybe you could tell us about it. Right. There's two parts of it. Obviously, the big story still remains the assassination of uh, of Yegvinev Prigozhin, who was uh, the one-time <clears throat> close confidant of, uh, of Putin, but who dared to sort of hold a revolt against him, but he backed down from the revolt. Uh, theoretically, he made an agreement with uh, with Putin that he would be kept safe, and he had, you know, et cetera, et cetera, but, you know, any agreement with Putin is just, you know, anyone who makes an agreement with Putin is out of their minds, because he doesn't keep, a, he doesn't keep agreements, and he just kills his opponents. And he's a long list of people who had said anything, done anything, or anything else against Putin who are now uh, six feet under, let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. The one exception of Novatsia, uh, the dissident who's in some gulag in uh, in Siberia somewhere. for already been sentenced, I think, to 25 years, 30 years. They keep on sentencing him again and again. So, Well, his life will end uh, tragically as well, I'm quite certain. So uh, apparently there is evidence now uh, that, uh, in fact, he was on the plane. There's some question in the beginning that he may not have been on the plane. Right, the DNA evidence has now shown that he was on the plane. Um, I didn't believe the fact, you know, he staged it because, I mean, his closest his closest allies were on the plane as well. So if you're going to stage your death, you don't really need to take all your allies with you. That's right. Um, so, and it's interesting, in Moscow, there are a lot of people coming out mourning him. He was actually a fairly popular figure. He was not a good guy. Let's keep that in mind. His yeah. Wagner group created a, atrocities wherever they went. In other words, they were sort of like the the part of the Russian army that wasn't part of the Russian army and did things even worse than the Russian army. So both in Syria and Africa and, of course, in Ukraine, they, you know, these were terrible people. And, of course, the other thing he did was he went around the Russian prisons and basically said, you're a rapist, you're a murderer, we don't care. You come fight for six months. If you survive, you get out of jail. Huh. And a lot of them didn't survive, obviously, but some did, and they've returned to their life of crime outside of uh, prison at this point. You know, I, I so, never understood this advance on Russia and but what he did, because he, he was deterred so quickly. I mean, uh, for a guy who was a, a fighting machine, led a fighting machine, uh, I, just, I, I was always uh, scratching my head saying, what is really going on here? I don't know what it was. I think <clears throat> things sort of got out of hand. He was angry and... Uh, you know, he he didn't have to stop. Actually, there's a there's a significant chance he could have actually overthrown Putin. There was nothing to stop his troops from entering Moscow at that point. Mm. Um, but I don't think he wanted to really. That that's the whole point. You know, he didn't have a plan to overthrow Putin. If he would have, he would have, you know, made other parts of the arrangement. I think he was just angry and was you know showing off his anger and it got away with him. And he suddenly found himself, you know, on the road road to Moscow. Um, so. 
Uh, That's but true. I don't. I, I do not begin to understand why he thought he was safe, or even a chance he was safe. If I was him, I mean, Wagner has operations in Africa. I would have gone to Africa and stayed as far away as I possibly could, and even then, they probably would have gotten it. But at least he would have had a greater chance far away. Yeah. So oh. interesting. Well, so that chapter is closed now. For but also the, as a consequence, now uh, he didn't at the time, I'm sure. But Putin no longer has the support of the Wagner Group, which is an important component to uh, his attack on the Ukraine. Right. Absolutely. So he's lost the troops <clears throat> there of the Wagner Group. Um, you know, it's he has so little support, and yet he manages to pull it all off. People f- fear him, and that's really the key. Um, and the war goes on. Um, and uh, people are fighting. You know, some of the people actually believe the, the the propaganda. You know, I mean, all sorts of ridiculous propaganda of why they're fighting the war, um, saving Russian, saving civilization, and fighting for Christianity. All sorts of complete nonsensical things. And all it really is is Putin's ego, more than anything else, and wanting to restore Mother Russia to what it was um, once upon a time. Uh, but um, you know, it's. Um, what can I say? It's it's sad. So many people are dying because of one man, uh, who, as far as you know, is, is probably the, certainly is the leading war criminal of the twenty first century. Well, you know, he uh, uh, he, uh, he did have an agreement that we would not uh, and talk talking about NATO wouldn't uh, enhance or wouldn't. Uh, uh, end up uh, making other members of the uh, former Soviet Union into NATO members. That we didn't keep that promise. So that's not true. It's another lie. Stop! Stop! You're hearing things that are just not true. There was never such an agreement. <clears throat> there was never such an agreement. It's a complete lie uh, that, that's being made up at this point. And what did that have to do right now with invading Ukraine? I mean, what in the world? Poland's been a member of NATO for uh, 15 years. So is Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. They became they became members of NATO because they wanted to be, uh, and like I said, they've been they've been members for fifteen at least fifteen years, maybe twenty years at this point. What in the world is that connected to to, to Ukraine? Well, so was... I, I'm sorry that there's propaganda that's being floated by the Russians that somehow is making it into parts of American media, but it's just false. Well, so let's let's, Absolute... let's move to uh, Ukraine right now and what's going on. Apparently, they've. Uh, uh, I think ca- captured a part of, uh, uh, or recaptured, or brought back a part of uh, 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 land that Russia uh, captured. Right, they're, they're, they're moving forward. They're, they're breaking through slowly but surely. Uh, they're not making the massive breakthroughs that the American media would like, but uh, Zelensky gave a speech yesterday and basically said, I'd rather go slower and lose less, lose less lives. Ukrainian lives are important to us, and so we're doing this slowly and deliberately instead of massive movements that would have exposed even more men to being killed. So you can't fault them for that. Uh, but they're slowly but surely grinding up the Russians. Like they have better arms than the Russians at this point. The Russians are bringing back tanks from the 1950s. And just think about it. Um, and, of course, they're dependent on Iranian um, drones. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a slow slog that the Ukrainians are slowly, slowly winning. The Ukrainians have also developed some of their own home-built um, munitions um, that seem to be quite good. I mean, some of the long-range drones are actually Ukrainian drones that they've developed. They seem to develop their own missiles. Mm. Um, and um, they're also driving the Russians crazy by these attacks uh, deep inside Russia. 
Uh, yesterday, they attacked a, a Kursk, which is deep inside Russia, an Air Force base, and they seem to have destroyed like nine Russian uh, fighter jets and a, and a bomber. Wow. So, um, you know, and every time they attack Moscow, even if they don't do any, a lot of damage, it sort of says, wait, wait a second, what's going on in this war? Putin may be not all that effective, to say the least. Mm. Um, so, they're doing a good job, slowly but surely. It's costing them a lot of um, a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, but their people are much more um, are much more committed to the war than the Russians, to say the least. The average Russian soldier doesn't understand what he's doing there. And between Western armaments and some of their own armaments, they have superior armaments than the Russians. The Russians, you know, we keep on, you know, we made Russia into to this um, advanced power, but they never have been. They've, you know, they, they, during World War II, they managed to, you know, brute force yeah. turn out so many tanks, and they managed to steal our designs for the atomic bomb, and so they got the atomic bomb thanks to, thanks to us. Um, but um, their technology was never so, never all that great, you know. I mean, I still go back to a trip I made to the Soviet Union in 1975, and all I can remember was uh, getting, I mean, I remember a lot of things, but all, what I remember most vividly is getting on planes and domestic flights, and one plane, everyone taking out umbrellas because it leaked from the ceiling. The yeah. second plane, the pilot said, we have to turn off all the air conditioning and lights because we need all the power for takeoff. My goodness, um, scary moment. Going to hotels, none of the elevator works. And I said to myself, this country is taking on the United States and can compete. Yeah. It never could. Right. Mark, it you know, we could. did take a little break. I want to talk to you about China. Can you stick around? Absolutely. Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Golf Shore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions, Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. 
And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, helping to prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now, we continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. So, Mark, things are beginning to look a lot worse in China than uh, than we first imagined. Uh, what, just, what, what are your thoughts? Okay, well, two things. Remember our discussions the last month or two? I've been sort of saying this for a while, right? <laughs> Uh, that things are really turning bad in China, and the reality is they are. Imports are down, exports are down. Um, the financial situation is uh, in danger. One of the big real estate companies is collapsing. Uh, the confidence level of the Chinese people is way, way down. Um, China is in deep trouble at this point, right? Uh, economically, and of course, exports. You know, as as uh, number of American companies have moved more and more of the manufacturing out of China, and the Biden administration's limitations on exports of chips and chip technology. All these things together are really beginning to hurt them. And, um, you know, the Chinese miracle has run its path, and I think we need to keep in mind, you know, we've discussed before, underlying this is demographics. Well, you know, the, the thing is, though, that right now, uh, Z has asked for patience. Uh, to me, uh, that just demonstrates, I think, the uh, speaks a volume of the, the fact that he understands what's happening in his country. He's concerned about the people and how they might react. No, absolutely. I mean, look, the, the deal always was, you stay out of politics and I'll give you a good life. That's basically, and, and for many years, you know, since... Since Nixon visited in the years that that, that passed that, that's what happened. And yeah. The greatest uh, number of people exited from poverty in, in the history of the world is the Chinese that moved from poverty into the middle class. But at this point, we're out of people to move into the middle class. Yeah. And overall, <laughs> the population is shrinking. And shrinking populations do not lend themselves to economic growth. Uh, so they have, you know, the one sh- the one-child policy that was for many years as an overhang, uh, that decreased the population rapidly, the growth of population. Uh, but now people, when they're allowed to have two children, are not having two children because they're, uh, you know, they're most educated couples. Ten, you know, two is the maximum, and many more, a lot of them do have only one, especially the Chinese who are obsessed with the education of that one child. Uh, they put all their efforts into one child. They don't even have a second or third child, even though they're allowed to these days. So, so you really have a demographic time bomb taking place. Yeah. Um, but adding so, to that, the, the centralized planning, the lack of free markets in China, I mean, the, the decisions are made no, from... No, I mean, that's, not, that's really not the case. There is free markets. There's no question there's free markets. The problem exists is that the Chinese government, when you become too big, as we saw with Alibaba, then they sort of step in. And they didn't like the fact that a few of these billionaires have become so powerful, so they, they cut them down, and this has created, made other ones much, much more cautious. You know, I, I, recall, speaking, I, I recall going to China and seeing these overpasses built, now there was no roads. <laughs> they, just, okay, but that's a whole other story. In 2008, the way the Chinese avoided the world financial crisis, they spent a tremendous, tremendous amount of money on infrastructure, unneeded infrastructure. They built more airports than you can possibly imagine. Um, and they built housing for for people who will never be born. Right. Uh, so that absolutely is the case. That government expenditures were way at, you know were tremendous. Uh, 
and it managed, it succeeded in keeping China out of a recession back then. Uh, but now there's no nothing more that needs to be built, frankly, or could possibly be conceived to be built. Um, but the individual free market exists. In other words, you have a stock exchange, you have a, you know buyers and sellers, and retail, and all those things are all totally free. The well, government does not get involved in any of that. Well, let me let me uh, say then that there's a a lot of intrusion into pop, uh, markets because of, uh, for example, the overbuilding of uh, the. Uh, the real estate it was just it has just been incredible, and there's no way that that market could consume all that real estate uh, going forward. Well, absolutely, and that was mostly done, by the way, by individual towns. That the, the towns and cities were competing for how much population they could have and how much you know how much money they could get from the government and spend, etc. So that was a, a localized thing more than anything else. But yes, absolutely, the real estate market um, was completely overblown yeah. without uh, without a question. And you brought up an interesting point, Mark, about the the fact that apparently local or public uh, debt in communities and, and counties or whatever that they, they uh, how they divide themselves up in China, apparently they're taking on a lot of debt as well and leading to big problems. Right, absolutely. All the all the towns and they were overextended. They have they have debt. Now, the Chinese on some levels can solve a lot of these problems in the sense that they don't have foreign debt. Mm-hmm. It's all that the debt is domestic, but it requires some major, major surgical changes in in the economy in order to to get the, all these you know to, to deal with the debt. Um, and so they're really not sure what to do. Yeah, you know they're used to growth all the time. Well, in fact, they're they're going through deflation right now, which is kind of a, a interesting. Uh, and you would think all of this would lead to inflation. Well, no, I mean it it leads to deflation because. If you have less people and you have people who are concerned about the future, they're not buying. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it again. It's free market, right? Yeah. If if there is goods and services and less things are being bought, what happens to price? Yeah. Surplus of price, surplus of goods results in a decrease in price. Yeah. So, very very traditional. It's exactly what's happening. There's, there's deflation caused by the free market. Yeah. So, Mark, before I let you go, I do want to get your thoughts on Germany. So Germany, I particularly wanted to bring up because I had a discussion yesterday. I have a close friend who used to be the deputy foreign minister of Germany. And we hadn't spoken in a couple of months, and we had a long talk yesterday. And um, she was concerned both the economic situation in Germany has not been great. Mm -hmm. She thinks Germany will get through the economic situation, but it's creating a a situation where the very far-right fascist party, particularly in former East Germany, is becoming more and more popular. Um, and they, you know, when they, things get bad economically, um, that's when uh, the far, far right uh, tends to uh, do well. And we go back all the way back to, to the Hitler's time, obviously. Hitler came to power because of the economic problems from the, from, from the Great Recession. Um, so there's a, there is a concern amongst her and a lot of her friends of, of not quite Hitler coming back, but that sort of situation. Um, I asked her, do they have any economic plans that are any different than the government? And, of course, they don't, actually. Um, you know, the ec- economic plans that Germany's a free market, it's a question of, um, you know, a little less or a little greater taxation, but there's not a lot there um, to do. The economic uh, challenges of Germany, of course, have been the fact that they've had to deal with an energy crisis and uh, a Europe that's spending a lot of money on armaments, and Germany's not a big, you know, Germany's not a manufacturer of arms. 
Well, I'll say, I'll say uh, they, uh, they've actually created their energy problems in, in uh, Germany and other places in Europe because of uh, the whole green energy push and the alternative energy push, which has uh, led to increase in energy costs, which affects everything uh, in terms of manufacturing and development. Well, the problem isn't actually that they closed their nuclear plants. <clears throat> yeah. That, that's really the, the, the stupid thing that they did, um, and that's really a shame. Um, green energy is not some, you know, the problem is, of course, being cut off from Russian gas and oil and having to find alternatives. Um, and those alternatives are a little more expensive. Um, but again, the uncertainty, again, you know, they're a close neighbor um, in terms of Poland and, and Ukraine, and so the war affects them clearly. And of course, they're, about, they're increasing their defense spending, um, actually going to reach that 2% that they're committed to, and to them and almost all of NATO at this point has been increasing their defense spending very rapidly. Oh, that's good. And they'll all be at the 2% uh, number that that they will uh, promise to do all the way back to, from Barack Obama's time as president. Mark Schulman, again, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. I do hope you just visit HistoryCentral.com. Great information. And, of course, some of Mark's books are on there as well. Uh, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Have a great week. You, you as well. Thank you, Mark. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Jim McTigg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Uh, Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. Our work is with young people of high school and college age. We try to educate and inspire them in ideas that led to America's greatness in the first place, things like private property, free enterprise, limited government, personal responsibility, and character. And we do that through our website, which is fee.org, where you'll find daily fresh commentary and free online courses and other material, and also through many uh, online events and in-person seminars at campuses and uh, schools all over the country and abroad. Terrific organization. I just encourage you to go to the website and sign up for the... Uh, I, I receive uh, newsletters daily about the content, and it's really outstanding. So, again, fee.org is the website. So you've been uh, writing about monetary theory and monetary mistakes uh, f- for the last several weeks. Uh, what's happened in uh, ancient Egypt? Well, as uh, you alluded to, Uh, Bob, Uh, Rome has been my interest in recent weeks, but I thought, well, another great ancient civilization was that of Egypt, and I wondered when I started my research if I'd find anything uh, similar or or great differences. But when it comes to uh, handling money, the government of Egypt uh, has a lot in common with so many other governments in history around the world, and that is that uh, people couldn't trust the government with their money. It found ways to cheapen it, to debase it, or debauch it uh, in order to manufacture more of it to pay for all of its uh, various expenses. The period I concentrated on recently uh, was the last 300 years of uh, ancient Egypt before the Roman takeover in 30 B.C. Um, This was the period known as the uh, 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 Hellenic uh, or Greek administered Egypt mm-hmm. because uh, Greek uh, generals ran uh, ran the country. And although they didn't just come in and impose themselves, they sort of absorbed a lot of Egyptian culture as well. They were known as uh, uh, pharaohs, just like the old ones were. But they did the same thing as the Romans did. They cheapened their silver currency, took the silver out, added junk metal in order to manufacture more of it. And that was a hallmark of the civilization's decline, as well as the decline of the currency. Amazing, isn't it? And uh, as you pointed out in your column, it's, you've been looking now for some organization, some government that has, in fact, had a stable currency uh, because of good policy. But it's it's a uh, it's a it's a tough task. Yeah, it sure is, and they do it for the same reason or combination of reasons all over the world and throughout history, and that is the need for revenue. Uh, In many cases, these regimes uh, are up to their eyeballs in taxes or debt or both, and all kinds of expenses for foreign adventures and welfare statism at home. And um, they get to the point where they've got to find another source of revenue to finance all their spending. And so they 
eventually come around to uh, cheapening the currency. And, and, of course, back at that day, it was mainly about uh, just polluting the quality of the metal as opposed to just uh, publishing more or printing more money. That's right. They didn't have paper money uh, yet. Uh, that made inflation by governments even easier. <laughs> Uh, they had to do it by diluting the precious metal content of their currency. And You know, every American has heard the name Cleopatra. We've had movies uh, about her. Elizabeth Taylor starred, starred in a blockbuster 1963 mm. uh, movie called Cleopatra. Well, she was the last in that long line before the Roman takeover, uh, that line of Egyptian rulers. And she did the same thing. She cut the silver content of the uh, Egyptian currency by 50%. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, again, as you pointed out, this is a matter of a, a culmination of a numbers of a uh, series of errors over the period of time that uh, just, uh, well, well, we're going to have to just uh, dilute the currency. And uh, it leads to bad results, including inflation. Did, did Egypt experience inflation? Oh, yes. yes. Soaring prices and uh, they imposed wage and price controls. In, in order to deal with the soaring prices. But, of course, that's no answer at all. That's uh, like commanding that the waves don't come in. Uh, the <clears throat> wage and price controls only further distort the economy, create shortages, and cause productive people to leave the country. Wow. Is there any kind of personal benefit that comes from the rulers when they, uh, when they take these actions? Well, in the near term, there always is, because they get to spend the new money, the cheapen money, before everybody else, uh, mm -hmm. before it works its way through the economy and forces prices up. And so in the near term, they, they get their bills paid, you might say. But in the long run, uh, if, if they live long enough, uh, they create a situation that uh, you know, is even worse than uh, the problem they started to so try to solve through inflation. They create uh, civil unrest. Uh, the decline of the currency de causes a decline in the uh, strength of the country and confidence in it, and it leads to all kinds of uh, uh, terrible problems that they end up having to deal with. Yeah, so here we are a couple thousand years later, and uh, don't we find ourselves in the same situation? In other words, have we learned nothing? As Santa Anna said, uh, if you don't know history, you, you'll end up repeating it. Well, we, we certainly have. Yeah, yeah the, the figures are different. The names have been changed to protect uh, the guilty. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, we're doing pretty much the same thing. Uh, you look at go government spending this year alone, the deficit in the budget, just the deficit is going to be something in the vicinity of a trillion and a half to two trillion dollars. And, uh, and much of that difference, they're simply going to print. And then they'll later complain about inflation. Yeah. And uh, you realize, though, that Biden did reduce the deficit by $1.7 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes all kinds of claims that, uh, that really don't hold up. But, uh, absolutely. Uh, but he, he's busy cranking out uh, paper money as, as, as much as uh, any of his predecessors. Again, Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. If you have a young person in your life, high school or college age, introduce them to this terrific organization. The website is feefee.org. Larry, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. And by the way, uh, the title of the column is uh, 
monetary mistakes behind the downfall of Cleopatra and the last dynasty of ancient Egypt. And you'll find it on fee, F-E-E dot org. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many murder mysteries. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Just hearing that Blue Provence commercial reminds me that the Blue Provence has a terrific wine cellar. And uh, it's been awarded one of the top 100 wine cellars in the globe, on, in the world, uh, by Wine Spectator. So uh, again, I encourage you to go to Blue Provence and get not only a night, great dining, but also a great wine cellar as well. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many books. His latest is No Problem. His, uh, their murder mysteries. His first was uh, Follow the Leader. The second was Shake the Money Tree and its sequel, uh, No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's a pleasure, Bob. Um, I'm looking um, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day 2022. It was the first Fed rate hike first of 11 so far and uh it raised uh, the federal funds rate between 0.25 percent and 0.50 percent i mentioned that because we're we're uh, close to five and a half percent today so that's an enormous uh, leap yeah but the shocking thing is Apparently, uh, the, in uh, Jackson Hole, they're announcing that there's probably going to be further increases in the Fed rate. 
Yeah, I think there will be two more. I mean, I think you can understand. You have lived through the inflation of the 70s. Yeah. You, you remember that it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy beast to tame. The, uh, the Atlanta Fed has a uh, running measure of the GDP. And right now, and it has a margin of error of about 1%. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Atlanta Fed says the GDP is at 5.9%. That is red hot. And if you look around the country, you see things like 16 states have just announced that they have record low unemployment rates. So jobs, you know, the jobs picture is still great. So um, I'm going to I'm going to quickly jump to the debate, the Republican debate, which I enjoyed. You know, it, it showed us the B and C teams of the Republican Party, uh, but nobody mentioned the Federal Reserve. And my theory is the Fed is going to have to tighten in September and October and again next year. And the Fed will be a major issue in the election Hmm. because layoffs will begin. People Hmm. will begin to suffer. And it's really bad news for Biden. So the conventional wisdom is that Trump cannot defeat Biden. Uh, Let me add, I'm a never-Trumper. But but my theory is... Uh, inflation, the uh, Fed will defeat Biden, and and Trump can can easily beat him because the pain in the economy will be so strong around election time. Yeah, that is so interesting. I have a couple couple of thoughts around that. Is uh, first of all, I I do not understand uh, the economic picture that we have right now. You said the GDP is growing at, at a rate of five point nine percent. Did you say? According to the Atlanta Fed, which is has a remarkably accurate track record. Wow. So so they're in advance of the official readings. So so when the Bureau of Labor Statistics or when you know when when the Department of Commerce releases its uh, GDP figure, it's looking in the rearview mirror. And so it it will be appear to be lower. But the the Atlanta Fed has uh, real-time GDP measurements and as I said the margin of error is about you know between it's just about 1%. See, that's just so shocking, Jim. I just I can't fathom how that could be given our economic situation. And the other thing is the low un- unemployment. I do not understand why this, uh, these interest rate increases and layoffs haven't made the unemployment rate higher. Yeah, I don't understand it yet either, except that the consumer is still <clears throat> going strong. It, it's almost like uh, COVID was World War II, the shutdown. And people, you know, after World War II, the economy burst forth. You know, that's why the 50s look so great. Yeah. Uh, I think we're still in a post-COVID party mood. You, you know, but, you go out. The, the irony, people don't want, people want to work at home, but they don't want to eat at home. So you go out to restaurants, and I, they're still packed. I've seen some marginal restaurants closing, but but I've seen more restaurants opening and closing uh in lancaster county pennsylvania where i live there are help wanted signs at every eatery at every small manufacturer i, I mean and that tells me businessmen are still making money and they think they could make more money if they had more people so mm-hmm. uh but you know. this is this is another thing they don't understand we now see that uh credit card debt is now over a trillion dollars 
It's at a record high right now, and people are borrowing money. Apparently, they're uh, just making the payments. They're keeping balances on their credit card in order to make their pay. So I, I just we seem to be in some sort of a, a, a economic malaise right now. We're all joining hands and, and destroying ourselves economically. <laughs> well, that's true. Too. Yeah, yeah. My theory is that Biden has convinced people that uh, the government will forgive any debt. But the um, uh, uh, the other thing is. Uh, we have some economists have said we have a rolling recession. So, for example, if you look at the construction industry for for big projects, I'm talking about you know big buildings and shopping malls, etc. Uh, the permits for future development are way down. Yeah. So so um, so a lot of companies are are preparing for that kind of a. a downturn. Uh, but other areas, the the consumer is still going gangbusters. Now, some department stores have have reported disappointing earnings, but others are, are doing quite fine. So it's, I, you know, it's, it, it explains why they, there are so many tug of war between bulls and bears in the stock market, because there are conflicting data points. Yeah, real conflicting data points. That's, that's absolutely true. Although it's a stretch for me to think the American people could be concerned about the Fed during an election. They might be concerned about inflation or about high credit card debt or a number of things, but uh, I would imagine most people can't connect the dots and, and, and blame the Fed. Yeah, but the politicians will. So let's say uh, Biden is running for president. Yeah. The unemployment rate goes right up. All of a sudden, Jay, Jay Powell will become his public enemy number one. Uh, Biden uh, put a guy named Austin Goolsby in as president of the Chicago Fed. Right. Uh, Goolsby is a uh, Obama uh, official. Yeah. Um, I, my theory is that the plan all along has been to get rid of Jay Powell and put Goolsby in because the, the Democrats see the handwriting on the wall regarding unemployment in the election year. So they'll say, they'll say, we fixed the problem, we got rid of Jay Powell. That's an interesting thought. Well, we'll see how this all transpires, Jim, but it's, it's such an interesting time and a lot of conflicting information. It's hard to draw conclusions based on the, the different data points that we have uh, with regard to the economy and politics right now. So it's really interesting. So interesting. Well, you heard it here first. Two more rate hikes. <laughs> Not good news, but we really appreciate the commentary. Jim McTague, again, I encourage you to visit. His latest book is No Problem. It's a great murder mystery located in Washington, D.C. Really entertaining. And, uh, again, No Problem is the name of the book. Jim, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I enjoyed it, Bob. Thank you. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state Senate president. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we get the words out and support our advertisers. Really appreciate your support listening to the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.